Good evening. Uh, tonight we are having our weekly webinar on our dream dogs uh, central florida dog training facebook page and then what we do is we take this and we move it into our podcast and we download it and upload it into youtube so uh, why do we do that is to help get the reach out more uh, for our deaf clients for our deaf audience uh, apparently um, they can always read lips and all. And whenever we upload it onto YouTube, they automatically put in subtitles, which is really awesome. So that's one of the reasons we do it up onto YouTube. Plus it's the second largest search engine right after Google. So we do that. So you can get our, our stuff different ways. And depending on, uh, you know, if you do better by watching me talk or by listening to me while you're in the car doing things, you know, you've got options. Uh, not only that, but sometimes we do have visual effects and uh, you could use those visual effects because it's nice you know whenever I'm doing stuff it's nice to see what all's going on so what we're going to talk about tonight is how the story you tell shapes your world and your dog's world and this came about because of our trip to Universal Studios over the weekend so let me go back a little bit. If you don't know, uh, my name is Victoria Warple and I train dogs. I also train service dogs. So one of the things uh, that we started whenever I started dog training is I started with training my own service dog. And then as I got into dog training other people's dogs, uh, whenever people found out that I had a service dog, they would come to me for service dog training, uh, which is really cool. So we, uh, <laughs> you know, got into it that way. So we still train service dogs. And one of the really neat things that we do is we take the dogs with us to Disney World. We take the dogs with us to Universal Studios. So they get extra training time there at the parks, which is amazing in and of itself. But uh, but you get to to have that experience. So Gypsy's first time at Disney World was when she was nine weeks old. We got her at eight weeks. We had her there in a week. And train owners. Yes, we train owners too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we had Gypsy there and, you know, got to experience that right away. And we're going to be doing the same thing with the new Malapoppy whenever we get him in, is getting him out and about pretty quickly because I think that is hugely important for, you know, for getting them out, for getting that, you know, this is the world. I want you to get used to this. So uh, what happened is we had Gypsy and Loki and Sammy and um, Holstein at Universal Studios on Sunday. And as we're going around, there's characters and you can go get your picture with the characters. Now, last time we were there, it was just Gypsy and Sammy. And Scooby-Doo and the gang were there. How cool is that, right? Luke loved watching Scooby-Doo and I loved watching Scooby-Doo and I love playing the Scooby-Doo video games. So we wanted to get pictures with Scooby-Doo, but Gypsy's not always great with Cool costume characters. She does better with, say, the princesses because they're human in puppy gowns, but I, uh, you know, have full costume with the hat and the head, not the hat, but the head and everything. Uh, it can be a little bit intimidating for, for kids and for dogs. So whenever we were there, I was like, uh, you know, go ahead, let Sammy get his picture taken with, with the gang, with the Scooby gang. Gypsy's not going to do that because she's not wild about it because it was a story that was true. We had done, let's see, oh, Big Hero 6, that big white, you know, I'm gonna, I don't remember his name, 
and he's like the um the big white guy like you can get pictures with him and gypsy's like mm, i don't think so um last time we were there with um joy and sadness and she was like i don't want to be here so you know we, what i did this time is i had my treat pouch on and i had brought some treats in with me so as we're standing in line to see scooby-doo i gave rich a couple treats for loki and i had a couple treats for gypsy and put him in my hand and lured her you know so then we went up uh and she loved velma she's trying to crawl into velma's lap velma has the spyglass you know like the sherlock holmes magnifying glass type of thing and gypsy wanted to hold it in her mouth and i'm thinking oh my gosh that would be an adorable picture except i don't think velma would be too happy to hold it afterwards with gypsy slime on it uh, but we got some great pictures and Scooby was on the other end. I don't even know if she realized because there were so many people in the picture. I don't think she realized that Scooby was there. But if she did, she didn't care, which is awesome. That's what I want. So what we did afterwards is Bart and Marge Simpson were there. Now, these are huge characters and they're yellow and they're the full costume. And Marge has her giant blue hair. I'm like, I don't know what Gypsy is. So we had uh, Rich and Loki go first. We had Sammy and Sue go first. And then I said, you know, let's do this gypsy. So I got, again, I got the treat in my hand, walked her up there, Bart kind of reaches out, you know, to see if, if she wanted to smell him. She did, she smelled him. She was fine with him. She sat and we got a great picture. And then as we were leaving that area, there was SpongeBob and Squidward and Patrick and a whole bunch of the fish from under the sea and like dancers and stuff right there. And we had to walk through them. The dogs needed a potty break and we had to get to the potty area, but Rich and Loki stayed behind and got a SpongeBob picture. Now. You know, I don't know, Gypsy would have been fine walking through them before, but to pose with them and everything else, she wasn't. And it was a story I was telling myself over and over that Gypsy likes face characters. She doesn't like full costume characters. And that was wrong. And that was wrong with me because what happens when you tell a story about your dog is you get stuck in that narrative and you can't get out of it. So how easy it would have been to say, it's okay, Gypsy doesn't need to be in the pictures. That's okay. But then Gypsy would never get the chance to see if she's good with it. And instead, I'm like, Gypsy likes food. Let's see how this goes. And if she would have had a problem with it, we would have got her out of there. I wouldn't have made her get pictures with, you know, with Bart and, Mar and Marge. But I wanted to try and see how it goes. And it reminded me of all the people, all the dogs who've come in where they're told a story. And these people are trapped because of the story, because of the narrative that they tell themselves. So I wanted to share some of that with you and talk about that today. So if you have a narrative about your dog, go ahead and share it. You can type it in or you can message it to me afterwards. <coughs> but that was Gypsy's picture. Um, and that was one of them. She was great. Susan was there, Susan Sammy's owners. Thank you. Um, I don't know how many dogs I've had come in who were abused in the past. And they were abused this way or that way. They were abused by a man. They were abused by a man with a hat. They were abused by a short old man with a hat. Um, they were abused by a man with a tan jacket on. First, people aren't that evil that all these people are abusing dogs, guys. And second, no, it's not that your dog was abused by that. It's that your dog is under socialized to that. So if your dog doesn't like old men, it's not because an old men beat him with a shoe. It's because he wasn't exposed to old men, most likely. I mean, you're going to get the one or two who really were beaten by old men, but that's the rare ones, guys, the rare ones. Those aren't the, the common things that you see all the time. That's not going to be the dog that you meet. Um, it's, it's just not going to be that way. So a lot of dogs who were abused, um, who were in abusive situations, who were kicked, who were hung, who were whatever, who were left out in the yard, 
Um, one of the things that I'd hear about in Gainesville quite a bit was, oh, this dog, he used to, you know, belong to a homeless person, but we rescued him. And now he spends all day in the house destroying my house or in a crate. And I'm thinking to myself, really? So he went from living with a homeless person and walking and being outside every day and having a constant companion to being alone in your house in a crate. How come that doesn't sound good? Okay, so you got to think of some of these narratives too. And why? Why would people think that? Why would that happen? Uh, we had a client come in one time and her dog, um, she wanted to do socials. She had a greyhound. Now, my rule for socials is greyhounds have to be muzzled if we have a small dog there. Why would that be? Now, let's think about this. Greyhounds uh, mostly come off the track, right? They're mostly retired racers. And I know this one was a retired racer. And they're taught to chase the bunny. <laughs> chase them. Chase them real fast and grab them when you can. And what do a lot of small dogs look like? They look like the bunny. So that prey drive is going to kick in and it's going to happen at a time you don't want it to. And hopefully your dog won't run over and attack the other dog. I'm not saying it's going to happen with everyone, but when we do socials, the dogs are off leash and the dogs are under my protection and control. So one of the rules was that the greyhounds who came in, if we had a small dog there, had to be muzzled. It didn't matter if it was a small white puppy dog or a small black smooth coated dog. The greyhound had to be muzzled. And the girl was, was arguing about that. And I'm like, no, you can't. Like, this is the rules. This is what we're doing. And, and it's not to put him in a narrative of, you know, he'll attack small dogs, but it is for safety. So, you know, you've got to keep things in mind that way. I had another client who, um, she came in, her dog had three legs. He was missing one of his, his rear legs. And she had worked at a vet's office and the dog had been brought in by the previous owner and his leg was just shattered just shattered. And so he left them at the vet's office. They gave him a quote to fix it. Well, of course he couldn't afford it. So after a couple of days, he's like, can I just sign the dog over to you? So they said, yes. And then they fixed the dog and then they gave him to this other person. And I'm thinking, well, you're just going to give the dog to somebody. Why don't you just fix it for the owner? You know, see about payments or something, but anyway, not here or there. So she has this dog who has had an amputated leg because it was crushed beyond repair. And so she comes out to class and he had been having some issues. And she's telling me this whole backstory that I just shared with you. And I'm like, that's great. Guess what? That's in the past. What we need to do is move forward. So your dog's not sitting there thinking, but my leg was crushed. And then it had to be amputated. Then I had to learn to walk with three legs. He doesn't care. He doesn't realize that he's different from other dogs. And you can't realize that either because you're holding him back. And what happened was she went home and cried, realized I was right. And, uh, and we got training. And he is a magnificent therapy dog. So he is super duper, um, you know, after, after all that was said and done. Um, bait dog, just like the abuse dog. I have had, I don't know how many dogs who were former bait dogs. And again, that's the narrative. That's a narrative. And it's not the owner's fault. It is the rescue's fault. Rescues give these narratives, get the dogs adopted and to get people to feel sorry for them. And that is the wrong time. That is the wrong way to get a dog adopted. You don't get a dog adopted because of that. Um, you get a dog adopted because of the potential, because of the future, not because of the past. Dogs don't live in the past. They don't. They're not thinking, well, yesterday it was raining and cold and like, I don't want to go outside because it's raining and cold, so I won't go outside today. No, the dog's like, woohoo, let's do this. Like right there, right on top of things. And that's what we want. We want the dogs to be right on top of it. Uh, you know, they live in the moment. They can look to the future and they live in the moment. 
so a lot of them were bait dogs and I'm like, they're acting like there's nothing wrong with bait dogs. Like bait dogs don't end up in last years, right? Where do they end up guys? You need to look things up. Um, and nail trims. I have had out know how many dogs, uh, they're terrible for nail trims. They can't do nail trims. And again, it's a narrative that people tell themselves, my dog is too bad to get his nails trimmed. I have to take him into the groomer. I have to take him to the vet. I have to sedate him to do that. And I see Jane's on here and Remy is her dog. Remy the standard poodle. And Remy is in with us for her second boot camp. Her first one was our four week, you know, pet dog boot camp. And one of the things that we worked on was getting Remy's muzzle shaved. Because again, remember, Remy is a standard poodle. So we have to shave her muzzle and um, do the grooming. You know, you have to, now some dogs you can get away with not doing too much grooming. Um, some dogs you don't have to clip their nails just because of, of what happens. They wear them down naturally. Uh, our golden retriever, when we were kids, I, we never had to trim her nails because she'd just wear them down, you know, between walks and concrete and everything else, especially in the summer when she'd run around the pool deck. Like we'd actually have to lock her in the house because she'd get all the way down to her quicks. So now this is a narrative that, that Jane could have told Remy and told everybody about Remy that, and this is true guys, that the, uh, the groomer said she was so bad she needed to be sedated before she was, she came back in and she needed to be sedated until she was almost comatose before she came back in. And that would likely continue for life. So instead of buying into that narrative, buying into that story that, that we were told that, it, I mean, she was terrible. This isn't like a lie. It's not like, oh, nah, she was fine. Like she was terrible with it. She did not want it done in a worse way, but instead we have different techniques and we use them and we got her used to it. Um, so before she came back this time, Jane had taken her to another groomer and the groomer said she was amazing. So I love that. That makes me very, very happy because we changed that narrative. Um, I know people who say not good in math when kids, you know, whenever the people are kids, right? They're not good in math. <clears throat> and instead of saying for the whole life, oh, you're not good in math. That's okay. You're not good in math. And like, again, how many people do that a lot? They change it. And, and you know, kids don't remember all that far back, right? Kind of like dogs that way. So, um, so it was, you're good in math. Remember, you're good at this. Remember how much effort you put into this? You are really good in math. And that can change. That can change the whole narrative. And think, not only can it change the narrative, guys, it can change the life. So you want that. You want to be able to change the life of that dog, the life of that person, just by changing the narrative. Now, you're going to ask me, oh, and nail trims. Nail trims, same thing. Um, how many dogs are terrible with nail trims? Like, uh, Arrow. Arrow was terrible with getting nail trims. And this is the story. His his background is it, he's a cross. Now he was a Malinois. So it's like a cross between a kangaroo and an alligator. He's jumpy and he's bitey. And Rich would, he learned all these ninja holds so he could hold him down real quick while I came in there and did his nails. And Arrow fought every second of the, the, the time doing it. And he hated it. And what do you think that's going to do to his trust in us? Do you think that's going to help or hinder his trust in us? It's going to hinder it because we're making him do something terrible. So we did to him the same thing we later on did to Remy, which is telling him exactly what's going on. So this is how it goes, okay? I do not, oh, I have scissors. We're going to pretend like my scissors are clippers, okay? So what I do is I teach the dog to give me their foot, put their foot in my hand, and I'll give them a treat. Now, in the beginning, all they have to do is put their foot in my hand. I am not going to grab onto their, their paw. Um, they just put their foot in my hand. And as they get comfortable with it, 
right? They're, they're going to do it longer and I'm going to be able to hold on to it. Whenever I can hold on to it without the clippers or anything, I don't have clippers in my hand. It's just holding on to his foot. Um, then you can proceed. So like the first step is getting him comfortable with that. Now there's ways to get that better. So what we do, this is it, is, um, hey, Era, this is your foot. We'll name it, right? This is your foot. Can I have your foot? That's your foot. That's a very nice foot. I like that foot, right? And yes, that's how I talk to him. And what happened, uh, we had a workshop. This was years ago, right? We had a workshop. We had a trainer down for the workshop. And at the end of the workshop, it was a Saturday, Sunday workshop. So after Sunday, after it was all said and done, uh, there was a, still a couple trainers hanging around. And one of them was a, you know, there's a groomer hanging around. So I was talking to her about Arrow's nails because it wasn't a secret, you know, like we weren't like, don't tell anybody that Arrow stinks to have his nails trimmed. Like we would ask people like, can you help us? Like, I don't know what to do here. I'm sorry, I keep saying like, I'm trying to stop that. Um, I don't know what to do here. So she showed us some more than Ninja Holds, um, but Era wasn't having it. And I said to the guy, person we had in, I'm like, hey, you want to give us a hand over here with, with him? And he, he looks over at us and he goes, no, I'm not going anywhere near there. So we're like, oh, okay. Uh, and that was on Sunday. On Monday, I thought this isn't working. This is just destroying trust in us. Um, it's getting to be you know, do this. I don't want to do that. I don't care if you want to do it. This is what you're doing. And that's not the type of relationship I wanted to have. So what I did is I use perceptual modification, which is from Casey Cooper. And Mark McCabe also does it as well. And this is my version of what happened is Monday morning. I made bacon and eggs for me and Rich and Luke, which means we had three plates with the leftovers of bacon, eggs, and, you know, sausage and whatever we had, you know, the greasy stuff and like the toast bites and whatever else. Like I had three plates, one from each of us. So Arrow, can I have your foot? Good. And then what I'll start doing is, cause I like a Dremel. So I'll Dremel, you know, over here or I'll have somebody else Dremel, right? So the dog gets used to it. So do all this first. But I said, Arrow, if I trim one nail, if I touch this Dremel to your nail for one second, I will let you lick off this plate of bacon and eggs. How's that sound? And dogs are smarter than what we give them credit for, even though they don't live in the past. So he, he, you could see him thinking about it and he gives me his foot. Okay. So I said, good. Here's your plate of bacon and eggs. That was it. It was one second. What usually happens in this situation, guys, is once you, okay, one nail for one second, right? Ha ha, just kidding. And I'm going to do all of them. No, it was one nail for one second and that was it. And by bridging the good, 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 that was it. That's all he had to do. And he was like, really? Gosh, that was easy. And it, yeah, did it, you know, did I get a lot off? No, it was one second. And I had the Dremel going the whole time. So it was good, right? Um, it was running the whole time. I didn't put it on him and then turn it on. I had it running first. And then later on in the day, I again sat down with Arrow and I'm like, Arrow, buddy, you want to give me your foot? Okay, can I do one nail for one second and I'll give you this second plate of bacon and eggs? Okay? I was like, well, the first time wasn't terrible. Let's see how this time goes. So he, not as reluctant, right? He was like, okay. And good, 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 good. Here's the second plate. Okay. Third time that day, because I could do three a day. Remember, I had three plates. Um, so we did them. We did all three of them. That was Monday. Okay. Uh, we increased a little bit at a time but remember i only did it this three times a day i could only do it three times a day because i used a massive reward for him by friday i got all his nails done now we had had him already at this point for about a year a little over a year maybe a year and a half ish 
year and a couple months and it had been you know just terrible just it was hell trying to get his nails done and in five days we changed everything and it was so amazing and again it changed that narrative that we tell instead of oh era's terrible at having his nails done it became era loves having his nails done and now we have a grooming table so i'd get the grooming table out and before i could grab a dog to put on the grooming table era had jumped onto the grooming table and he wanted done well he had a very smooth coat so like i had a rubber curry but there's not that much so i do his nails okay get off reluctantly he would get off and i'd get one of the other dogs on and i'd do them and then as i'm lifting them off boing arrows right back up on the grooming table i'm like arrow like there's nothing left to do i just did you he's like i don't care i want done again okay so i'd do them again and get them off you know sometimes it was fake but sometimes it was real i learned to finally just do like one foot at a time so he'd do it but he was like no like don't you want this foot and he'd hop up with a toy in his mouth like he, he was such a character but it changed the narrative and it changed the story so i get a lot of people who tell me you know like my dog is terrible at this i'm like okay now let's make that what your dog is best at you know it's gonna take time it's not something that happens lickety split quick but change that narrative guys whatever it is my dog doesn't like cats let's turn your dog into the most cat loving dog out there and it doesn't happen just because you want it like you have work you have to do for it but acknowledge that there's a problem and let's do it so we had one of the dogs out i think it was yesterday a couple times um playing that we have in for boot camp right now and he was a little toy possessive he was a young pup and he shouldn't be toy possessive so instead of that being his narrative for life because this pup's not even six months old and it could have been we could have said oh he's just a little toy possessive you just have to watch that no if we started training we started e-collar training on him today now he's not even six months old don't care like this is inappropriate behavior he can't be doing this and whenever i talked to his owner today she was ecstatic that we were doing that because she knows that that can't happen here susan says like sammy's spinning he no longer does it yeah and so what would sammy just like would spin it was nuts and he'd do it to kind of like get out that energy and and we stopped it but it could have been the narrative you know like oh, i'm sorry i'm you know in the middle of universal or middle of disney and sammy's just spinning because i guess that's what he does no like we stopped that and so he no longer does that and how fantastic is that that we get to help out with that now not everything can be changed just by changing your narrative um, for example, we've had dogs who come out to us um, who've been biting people since they were a few months old, you know, and they come out for rehab. That's not a rehab. That dog's never going to be a therapy dog. You know, I'm pretty confident saying that. Um, that dog's never going <coughs> to be super trustworthy in different situations, depending on what's going on. Because the fact that this dog was biting people before he was four months old means this is some genetic issues here and you have to take that in consideration you know you can't say well i have a great day and i want him to fit underneath the car seat so i'll just change the narrative that he's little like stop it but uh but for this for this dog who was biting you know here it's going to be a lifetime of management you know the dog's eight months old this is going to be happening for the next 12 years you know because what happens when you let your guard down is that's when row happens but how does this help service dogs is it helps service dogs because, for example, the gypsy or the nails, you know, the gypsy with the pictures, the nails, Sammy with the spinning, um, Remy with the, the shaving of the muscle and the, you know, the, the nails again. You know, a lot of times that happens or my dog can't do this. My dog can't. He just can't. 
yes, he can. We need to work it. Now, sometimes they can't, you know, and, and like I said, I'm all, I totally understand that. I'm not saying every dog can do everything, but a lot of times we hinder more than we help, not only our dogs, but ourselves as well. So if I say, um, I don't like going to the gym, right? I don't like going to the gym. I don't like exercise. I just want to sit here and do nothing. Is that going to help me or hinder me? It's going to hinder me. Um, instead, change that narrative to, I can't wait to go to the gym. Like, let's go to the gym tomorrow. Um, and that gets that new mindset going, right? I don't like vegetables too. Let's try some different ones and see what we like. Let's try some different ways to cook them. I love vegetables, right? Um, and, and you get to change that and you can change your whole life or you can change one or two things, but you want to do that. You want to have that story. You want to have that, um, that, that this is my life. See you, Sue. I'm glad you got to tune in, um, that this is your life. And here's, here's how we do it. Uh, Luke, so he he loves to draw and he loves learning languages. Say he, he drew like crap whenever he was a kid, right? You know, like little kids with a little brrr everywhere. Now he comes, Rich and I are both very artistically inclined. So, you know, it kind of runs in, in the blood, <laughs> but we could have helped with that or we could have squashed that whenever he was young. If he would have drawn something we would have been, this is stupid. Why did you do this? Don't waste your time doing this. Go play football instead. You know, that's not going to help his, his artistic side, right? But you nurture. Um, I, let's see, I'm in my 40s now. My grandma, um, she had something I had done whenever I was in my young teens. Um, I had drawn one of the 101 Dalmatians and framed it and given it to her. And she loved it. She had it out in her living room from that day until the day that, you know, she packed up the house and, and went into the nursing home. Uh, and then I got it back. So I have that and looking at it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, this was terrible. But I'm like, for, you know, a young teenager, it was awesome. And the fact that she supported me by having it up like that, it means so much, you know, like dad helped, you know, having my family compliment my artistic abilities, you know, that, that always helped. Um, so, you know, you want to do that. And then things that you weren't good at, like I was not good at English. Now who's the best-selling author with how many books up on Amazon, right? But I was never good in English. And that was a narrative I told myself. I was good in math. And so I wasn't good in English, right? Because that's what you expect to hear. That's baloney, guys. You could be good in both. Yeah, it's different parts of the brain. And artsy people are usually good in, in the English more than the math, I think. But like, too bad. Okay, so let me go through here and read some of these comments. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh... Susan said she, she only had 15 minutes, so that's why she had to go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Gypsy's a princess, and, and that she did great. Um, Christina says, Horace was washed because he's terrified of cars. We think he may be thrown from one as a puppy. Okay. Um, Susan says, we're going to socialize with neighbors now and eat, eat with them. <laughs> he said, eat them. Um, challenge for both of us. That was my story. I'm changing it. Now we're going to go have fun right? That's it. Exactly, Susan. Instead of, you know, this is going to be a challenge. I don't know what he's going to do. It's let's hope for the best. So when we bring the dogs out with us and we go to anywhere, we can go to Walmart, we can go to Publix, we can go to the gym, we can go to a farmer's market, we can go to Disney, we can go to Universal. Instead of thinking of the worst, we want to prepare for the best. Um, now here's one that everyone does is my dog like jumps up on people or barks or whatever. And I tell them no jump 
no jump, no jump. Now, what do you hear? Jump, jump, jump. Is it really any wonder why the dog jumps up on somebody? You're telling him to, practically begging him to. And you don't want that. You don't want that to happen. So instead, be proactive about it, right? Sit down here. And whenever she comes in, if you're sitting here nice and calm, you can get to say hello. It's different. You're not telling your dog, no jump, no jump, no jump. Because I'm going to tell you something. And I love, I use this all the time with people. So you might've heard it already if you've been on here. I don't want you to picture something. I'm going to tell you something and I do not want you to picture it in your head. Okay, are you ready? Do not picture in your head a pink rhinoceros wearing a tutu, riding a unicycle, balancing a banana on his head. Did you think it? Did it picture it in your head? Even a part of it? Yeah? Well, I told you not to. So why did you? So this is where that no jump, no bite, no bark, it doesn't work, right? Now you can't also, you know, like the dog's barking like a nutter in the background and you're saying, just, you know, serenity now, just be calm. I want you to be quiet in there. Like that's not gonna work either. You know, you have to do the work. You have to do effective training, effective training guys. Um, Jane says, hi. She says about Remy, when she hears the clippers for my other three, she butts in the way. So, <laughs> so uh, Jane does Remy. <laughs> that is awesome. That's how era was. I tell you guys, this stuff is really amazing. And maybe I'll do a webinar on that, on the, um, the perception mod, because it is absolutely amazing. And it can change dogs lives. It really can, especially from a, a, a dog who here, she says, bit both the groomers, to uh, the initial groomers to, you know, butting in the way. So she'll get done first. Uh, Nicole, who's a trainer up in Chicago area. She says she's working with a dog right now that has to be sedated for shots and nails. Yeah. Uh, and that happens. So there's one of the things I've heard that you're supposed to do. So there's a lot of things that you're uh, supposed to do is to get a board and put sandpaper on it and teach the dog to, to trim his own nails. <sighs> yeah, that's not going to happen, guys. I mean, yeah, everything's going to happen for at least one dog, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen for the most variety of dogs. And instead of going to all this time and teaching them to do it, because it's not just one, they're going to have to do it a whole bunch each time. And they're going to have to make sure they get every nail. And what about it? What are you going to do for the dew claws? Teach them to, you know, rub his, his dew claw against there. Like it's a situation, it's a solution to a problem that is ineffective and ridiculous. I don't like it. Um, but you also can't sedate the dog every time he needs his nails trimmed because it's not healthy for him. Every time the dog's under sedation, you know, there's, there's a risk that there's going to be a problem. Uh, so that's, you know, they have to be sedated for shots, say every one to three years, um, nails, gosh, depending on the dog, even if you're like, we'll only do it four times a year or only do it twice a year for life. That's a lot. So I know Nicole knows, um, you know, she's done Mark McCabe stuff. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with this dog while she has them. Uh, and, and it's not easy, guys. It's not. So that's we could put a variety of tools into it. You know, we'll do the the oils. We'll do the relaxation. We'll do the mental tiredness. And we'll do the perception mod. It's not one or the other. It is a, a amalgamation of everything. Use some big words. Mary says, my dog told me that Tazan as a dog did not have the capacity to feel sorry for herself after her double TPLO, ACL repair surgeries. She only has the capacity to be in actual pain and make me feel sorry for her, which would hold back her recovery. Okay. 
um, you know, really there's not much to feel sorry for. She could be, you know, a little sad that she can't do what she did before. Um, so Arrow, and there, he hurt his leg once a couple years ago. Um, we neutered him over the summer. And then whenever he was sick and he, you know, towards the end of that last week, he was on crate rest for a little bit. So those were the three times he was really on crate rest. And he wasn't happy about it. You know, he was sad about it. He wasn't thinking like, I wish I wouldn't have hurt myself. I wish he wouldn't have cut off my, my boy parts, you know, but he was like, I don't know why I'm in here. I don't want to be in here. I want to be out there playing and jumping the fence. Um, but yeah, a lot of times we're suckers guys. We're suckers for those emotions. Uh, and it's not that, and, and dogs can play you, right? Um, you get dogs and, and they make you feel sad and then they know they get extra treats. <laughs> Uh, Aaron hit the jackpot that day, right? Moose begs for his teeth to be brushed when he sees me brushing mine. Oh my gosh, that's so funny, Aunt Jeanette. I don't, I never brush my dog's teeth. Um, I don't do it at the vet's either. Um, what we do is if their teeth start looking a little yellow, and this is only me, I am not a vet. <laughs> I'm not a dog nutritionist. I'm a dog trainer. But if their teeth start looking a little, little yellow, um, they get a raw chicken leg or a raw chicken leg quarter, depending on their size. Uh, then this is how I explain it is eating kibble, right? It's like eating goldfish crackers. Now, if you've ever eaten, you know, a small bowl of goldfish crackers or a big bowl of goldfish crackers, you know, it gets all caught up in your teeth and you're picking a goldfish out of your teeth for a while. And that's, that's basically what happens with kibble and it gets kind of baked on there and it's gross. And what do you do? Well, if you crunch through the raw, absolutely raw, don't cook it, don't steam it, don't boil it raw, chicken leg, or chicken like quarter it has the skin it has the meat it has the bone and as they eat through it it takes that plaque off of their teeth my parents were down years ago uh, with mickey uh, one of their dogs and mickey had yellow teeth now mickey was also like 12 years old right had yellow teeth and they looked terrible so at the time my dogs were getting raw and they were getting chicken leg quarters so i said does mickey want a chicken leg quarter or a chicken leg not the chicken leg quarter because you know she, was, she wasn't that big of a dog. Um, so we gave it to her. And we noticed that a lot of the yellow had flaked off. So the next day, she got another one. After the third day, one chicken leg, two chicken leg, three chicken legs over three days, her teeth were white. They went from yellow to white. Um, the plaque had come off of it, and it was pretty amazing. So since then, um, you know, I don't. If my dogs need, need the teeth brushed, they get a chicken leg. <laughs> It's, it's my cheapo, better than Colgate. <laughs> I'm not going to do it for myself. I'm going to use toothpaste. But um, Jackie says, my Jack Russell Terror, Terror, Terrier, we'll get it out eventually, has really fast growing nails. I always used a food reward and he was great to do. But over the years of needing such frequent trims, I trimmed a bit close a couple of times. He began to not trust the process. So I ordered a nail grinder, which we'll use for the first time today. He had no problems with it, and I'm happy to have changed this story for him because uh, before I lost trust with the clippers. Jackie, that is awesome. So I have both. Um, the clippers I use are Miller's Forge clippers, and I use the Dremel, um, I think it's the Dremel 7300 uh, for their nails, and I'll use both of them. So when we have clients dogs out here who need it, I will a lot of times do the clippers because it's faster. Um, if the dog's good with it, I'll grind down their nail because you can get all the sharp edges off, and it's nice. Um, and if the dog has, it's similar to how we train come in here. If the dog has a problem with one, we just rename it the other. So he doesn't have that problem anymore. Uh, because 
you know, you just retrain it as a different, as a different um, command, right? You don't like come, fine, I'll teach you here. It's not the same thing, but it is, but it's not. Um, so that's awesome, Jackie. I'm really, really, really happy about that. Um, one of the things I did with Zoe, who's my old girl out here, my old border collie who hobbles around, uh, whenever, this was, a, again, years ago, so there was a treat called a lickety stick. And it looked like, you know, remember roll-on deodorant, right? That, that container with the little ball at the top. That's what lickety stick was, basically. Is it was treat, but it was in this top with the roll-on deodorant. So the dogs would lick it, it would move, and, and then get a treat. So we had, I love them. They worked out really good, but apparently they had a problem with the balls coming out of them and dogs choking on them, so they discontinued them, um, which is smart. Now there's something called a lick stick, which, you know, works out really good for some dogs. But back on track. Lickety stick, um, she would, I would hold it, I'd put it, you know, underneath my leg or I'd hold it with my feet, and I, I could do her nails. And while I'm doing her nails, she would just lick the entire time. That was years ago. Now we've had Zoe for um, 10 years now, okay? And she will only, now like I said, she's like 13 or 14 years old. She will only get her nails done when she's eating something. If not, she keeps pulling her foot away. <laughs> you brat. Uh, so, you know, I'll have Rich come and do it. So he'll come and he'll hold. And there's different, <clears throat> there's different holds that, you know, just easy ones. Like um, if, if you stand the dog on, on the table, on the floor, on a grooming table, you can hold their back leg um, like a horse would get. Um, the farrier would come for the horse, and, and it's easier on the dogs. So, you know, we'll do stuff like that with Zoe. But, uh, you know, by trying to look how smart I can be, I'll just have her look a treat while I do it. Now she needs that, and it's annoying and stupid. <laughs> so I'm glad, Jackie. I'm glad that um, you did that. And, yeah, I do get her quick at least every time we do it. Um, here, Deb says, I'm now Deb's Loki's owner. She says, I know I'm trying to rewrite my narrative that I can't do the e-collar and I might hurt Loki. We had a wildly successful day because we met the teenager next door with no jumping or terrifying anyone. I was not super healthy today, but we still practice and wore the e-collar all day. Thank you. Deb, that is awesome. So Loki's used to the e-collar. Like, yeah, there might come a time where he's startled by it and he goes, ah, look at what it is. Turn it down if you need to and tell him to knock it off. Uh, and it sounds really, really bad to say it that way, but really it's the best way to do it because if you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again. He needs that with you. Um, that's one of the tools that's really going to allow you guys to be successful. And that's what we want. Okay. Um, Cheryl. Oh yeah. They can play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anjanet says amazing. I wonder what's in it to help. I think it's just, and she's talking about the chicken legs. Um, I think it's just that it's going through the meat and the bone. So it's scraping off all the, the um, goldfish crackers, all the kibble, all the tartar and stuff. I don't know. But I figure it's like nature's toothbrush. Like, Arrow always ate sticks. I, again, apologize for saying like all the time. Uh, Arrow would love to chew on sticks. Um, his teeth at six years old were nubs. Um, it, was, it wasn't fun. So I never had to worry about him. Like, we had to, uh, sorry again there, uh, we had to take him to the doggy dentist and get... A uh, couple teeth extracted. He had broken all of his canines. Uh, a couple other teeth. A uh, couple of them just went missing. So he had just nubbins. So here's what would happen with him. Uh, whenever we first got him and we noticed that a couple of his canines were broken, Richard would say, hey, look at this. And he'd show, show people. Well, Aaron got to be where he didn't want people to see his teeth because it wasn't like, a, look, how, look how awesome this is. He was like, oh my God, look at this. 
So again, it's the narrative you tell yourself. Uh, years ago, we were at PetSmart in Gainesville looking at Halloween costumes for Zoe. And I'm trying them on. And one of them was, I don't know, a butterfly or a bumblebee or whatever. And I'm putting them on. And someone comes by and laughs at her. Now, we had been trying on costumes, you know, a couple of them already. And someone coming by, ah, look at that dog. That's so stupid. <laughs> right? Uh, and Zoe looks at them. And she looks at me because I've been telling her how pretty she was. And she knows how pretty she is. She, she kind of flaunts it there. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a beautiful bumblebee. And that was fantastic. So a lot of times, even things like that, the narrative that, that happens, you know, your dog does something, draws after a toy. And you're like, oh, look how cute that is. He is so protective of the toy. You're going to create that narrative. We don't want your dog to be protective of that toy. Uh, it's <laughs> when Luke was younger. Oh, my gosh. Um, and everyone goes through this. But he would tell a joke, right? He'd say a joke and it was funny. So we'd laugh and then he'd say about it and he'd say about it and he'd say about it and kept repeating, kept repeating. And he's like, why aren't you laughing anymore? Like, it's funny that one time. <laughs> it's not funny 20 times. Uh, or he'd be playing. He'd be running around outside. He'd be playing. He'd fall. Maybe he'd skin his knee, but he'd fall, right? And if you're the type of person to say, oh, suck it up, buttercup, get up and keep moving. He's going to learn that it's nothing. Again, that will be his narrative is that's nothing. That's not a problem whatsoever. But if, if, oh my gosh, my poor baby, I don't want you to ever run again. Let's go home and wrap you up in cotton. And, you know, you could just be a little mummy boy that runs the neighborhood in a big bubble. What type of narrative is that setting up for life for that kid? What narrative is it setting up for the puppies for their life or for the dogs and for the kids and for the adults? What narrative do you tell yourself when you look in the mirror? What narrative do you tell yourself on the way to work? Is it, God, I hate driving to work. All these stupid people everywhere. Or is it, look at that gorgeous sunrise this morning. The air is great. I, I saw an eagle, you know, soaring in the sky. This is going to be an amazing day. Now, that's a narrative I want to do. I think it sounds like a really nice narrative. Uh, here, Shira says, when the bone is chewed, it is bristly on the ends. Good. And Jackie says, thanks. He was super happy. He gives his paw to me fine. And then he got a toy reward after each paw a day from the grinder. We had no problem with the new sensation, which surprised me. That's awesome. I'm really, really glad to hear that, Jackie. Perfect. But yeah, that's um, good enough. Oh, there is a book that Rich and I are listening to in the car. It is called The Talent Code. And I think I mentioned it last week. I'm going to mention it again this week. Um, the Talent Code. And what it is is... Um, it talks about how to basically set yourself up for success. You know, what makes talent? What makes these talent hotbeds? Uh, and one of the, the stories in it, it says if, if you, the kids do a math test, right? And then you tell one of them that you're really, um, you're really smart and this is like really easy for you because you're just a genius and like you totally get this. And then you tell the other group that I really appreciate the effort. I know you worked really hard on this right? Way to go. And then you give them another, I think the same test over again, the people who you told that they were just really smart and naturally gifted at it, they didn't want to do it. They wanted to do an easier test and they got worse grades. But the people that you told them you liked the effort, they got better grades because you were praising something that they had control over, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? 
So again, what narrative? What narrative are we telling our kids, our spouse, our family, our friends, our Facebook groupies? Uh, there's so much hate on Facebook. I, I mean, I know this is on Facebook, and this isn't hate, but uh, I, any of the political stuff comes up, any of the stupid stuff comes up, I just, you know, I'm not going to see you popping up on my feed. I don't want to see this. Or anything snakes. No, I don't want to see that either. So I'll hide those posts because I don't like to scroll through and see that. Um, but but again, it's that narrative. So if every day I'm getting bombarded by watching CNN and Fox and MSNBC and the news, gosh, you know, how terrible is that world? But instead I don't. Instead I watch, you know, we do um, Netflix and Hulu and I've got dogs and I do my dog stuff and I do videos and I take pretty pictures and that makes me a lot happier. <laughs> I'm in a much better place. Uh, so that's what I really like. And you guys can do the same thing. I mean, the news still finds me. I still kind of know what's going on. Not always. But um, I'm happier that way. But yeah, but guys, remember, it's the effort. It's the fact that they're giving you that effort. And again, the dogs, a lot of times, they do give you effort. And we like that. We like it whenever the dogs give us effort. They don't have to get it perfectly on the first try. But we can praise that in, in, in ourselves, too. So what if you didn't do it right? So what if you're watching, uh, you know, you record yourself doing a training video and you're watching back on it and you make a mistake here or there? It happens. You know, the thing is, are you going to learn from your mistakes and do better next time? Or are you going to not do that? Antoinette says in a couple of weeks, she'll flood me with puppy pictures. That's awesome. That's what I like, especially golden retriever puppies because they're so cute. I was pulling up. So we have a group called uh how to train your service dog there we go so how to train your service dog is our podcast so if you search up where fine podcasts are played uh, look up how to train your service dog and you will find our podcast how to train your service dog how to train your service dog.com is our website that has our online courses courses because we have multiple um and yeah they're all under how to train your service dog uh, when people sign up for our dream dog program our pet and behavior uh, modification stuff they uh i tell them i'm like you're gonna get it from how to train your service dog you know it doesn't mean that your dog's gonna be a service dog it's just where i host all our online courses is on there so how to train your service dog podcast how to train your service dog.com and we also have a facebook group called how to train your service dog okay so we have all three of those and I totally lost my train of thought. Um, but we have that on there. And we want to make sure that, you know, that it stays good. That, uh, that everything, oh, yeah, pictures of puppies. It, it'll take a while. I'll come back around to it. So on the Facebook group, How to Train Your Service Dog, um, there were some questions. So I went back and I found videos of Gypsy whenever we first got her. Like one of her first training sessions with us. You know, after weeks one and two, I did a video on this is what we did and this is what we're working on. Weeks three and four, same thing. And then I couldn't keep with it because we were working on the online course at that time. So uh, so we had those and putting those up there and seeing her cute little fluffiness. So yeah, those cute little golden puppies. I tell you, um, there's nothing cuter <laughs> than adorable little golden puppies. Um, so yeah, I'm going to look forward to those pictures. Uh, you do a wonderful job moderating your Facebook groups. Thank you, Shira. Yeah, we um, put up rules. Now, Facebook gave you the, the, the opportunity to put up rules for the group, right? So one of them is don't piss off the admins. <laughs> and we um, we actually had to, I had to remove somebody yesterday for doing just that. I'm like, no, 
you piss me off. Like, stop it. And I'm usually, again, pretty easygoing, guys. But no, no, it was unacceptable. Um, so yeah, yeah, we try to keep keep it good in the groups. Um, and Jeanette says, I have an off-topic question. When Moose tested for his CGC, she didn't test him for a CGCA. She says he needed a CGC file on first. Is this correct? No, that is not correct. Um, you can do all of them. So I have done CGC, CGCA, and CGCU at the same time. <clears throat> you can do all those and trick dog. Um, even without the dog being registered. And then what happens is whenever you go to send it in, you just send everything in at once and you get it. You know, they'll start sending them back to you. So I think it was Roma. We did all three of them at the same time. So I think I got her, one of her advanced CGCs back before I got her real CGC. It doesn't matter. Um, so, so yeah, you can do them all. Um, that's kind of silly. If nothing else, she, she, she should have told you, Here's the CGC, send this in a week later, send in the CGCA. Um, she says, no doubt, we're excited. And this is a final little for Grace. We've been so proud of him in the eight months. That's good. I'm so happy. Um, and Pam says, hey, Victoria. Hi, Pam. I'm hoping that you guys come to class on Sunday this weekend, because Saturday, Rich is going to be, me maybe too, depends. Um, we're going to be... Um, special needs expo in Gainesville. So it's going to be at Trinity Methodist Church uh, from 11 until 3. Uh, we're going to have a booth set up there. Like I said, Rich will be there. Remy should be there. Um, Remy's owner's coming. So if she wants to help out with the booth a little bit, um, or she just kind of wants to walk around and see what all's there, or a little bit of both. Uh, and then I might go, or Luke might go, but probably me. Luke doesn't like crowds as much. Um, I might go with Gypsy, or I might go with one of the other service dogs in trainings, or I might go with both of them. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so Saturday, that's what's going on. So Sunday, we have group class this weekend. <clears throat> she says, dang it, I'll test them soon for them then. Yeah, like there's no rush. I, I like to do it. I try not to really do it two months before six months old uh, for the CGC. Um, I know people who don't test them until the dog's a year old to each his own. Um, but I... I like the service dogs to have the CGCs, all three of them, and Star Puppy too, if you can. I like them to have the the trick dog title because the novice trick dog title is super easy. You know, all of my dogs should be able to do it. Not just my dogs, but like client dogs. And Jane, Remy's owner says, I'll do anything you need. Thank you. Yep, we'll keep you posted with everything. Um, and like I said, who all's going? Because depending on what happens, on Friday, I want to hopefully maybe get to Disney for a couple hours. I don't know if that's going to happen or if we're going to have to push that until next week. Um, getting the siding done and everything and the paint done on the house here. It's kind of been all wonky with our schedule for the last two weeks. So this week we had to go pick up the doors, um, the storm doors at Lowe's that we got in and some other stuff the contractors needed. And then they're coming hopefully tomorrow to finish up everything, get the rest of his stuff out of here and put up the storm doors for us. And then we should be done and we can get life back to normal. But yesterday and today, uh, Rich and Autumn got to clean out the gutters from the house, which was super fun. But, uh, but hey, you know, it works. Oh, and if you guys didn't hear my awesome, amazing news, I heard back from the doctor. I went to the um, oncology gynecologist uh, last Wednesday. Today is Tuesday of the next week. And I heard back yesterday that I am all clear. Um, now that doesn't mean I am in the clear totally, but I am 
clear for, uh, for, for what I had in the sample that they took. So I'm still going back in March, uh, the end of March to see him and see what's going. He told me no matter what, because I said, I'm hoping when I come back in March, you tell me it's all gone. And he said, yeah, you would have to still be on Megase, which is the meds I'm on for life. And you don't want to do that, you know, to keep the cancer at bay. I'm like, maybe I do. Um, but at least now Rich and I are talking because um, it's getting serious time. I think I want to go to um, that Bart Malone's workshop. So we're looking at that and how flights and everything else. And Jeanette says he got his star at five months and CGC at seven months. I just want skill solid. Yep. And Shira says Aiden is almost ready for the first three trick dog titles. We're training almost every day. That's awesome. And one of the things I found too is that the trick dog titles, it helps to motivate you. AKC does them now, which is awesome. You just need to be a CGC evaluator to sign off on them. But, uh, you know, anything to keep people motivated into training their dogs. And it's neat. Did you know Zoe, my little old Zoe Border Collie? She's a trick dog champion. She got a champion trick dog title. Uh, and people, you know, oh, show me a trick. Thinking like she's going to do some really wild thing. She has two favorite tricks. Her two favorite tricks are spin and all done, which is lie down and put your head down on the ground. Those are her two favorites. If she has a choice on what to do, it's one of those two. So that's what I ask her to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's great. So happy for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thrilled because I had to call her back. I had to call the um, receptionist back because she told me it, uh, the biopsy was negative. And I said, what does that mean? I said, is it just negative for the stage one cancer? Like, do I still have the pre-cancer stuff? She, she says, no, that's gone too. Well, just in the sample, but that's gone too. Yes. But so yeah, if you haven't yet, guys, check out how to train your service dog. Uh, com. Check out how to train your service dog podcast. Check out how to train your service dog Facebook group. So like I said, we do have all of those. And you'll also get to check out dreamk9.com. Um, dreamk9.com is our main website. So that's the one that we, we do a lot with. You know, you can get access to all of our online courses there. So if you have to remember one, remember dreamk9.com. Um, Deb says off topic, but Loki has been on a crazy run of bringing me things. Even when not asked, did I let, get lucky when I told Loki to bring me the black shoe? There were two different shoes out, two different colors. Can they pick out colors? It's okay if you crush my victory. So Loki has a psychic connection with you. And whenever you thought the black shoe, that's what he brought you. But see, you're thinking of all these random things. And that's why he's bringing you random things. Um, so this is one thing that we had a long discussion with on how, <coughs> excuse me, how you can tell if a dog can see colors now. They're supposed to, because of how the rods and cones are in their eyes, they're supposed to be able to differentiate some colors, but not all of them. So if you Google dog colors, you know, what do they see? You're probably going to see the picture of some toys and stuff and like the shading on them. So, uh, so they, they see some, they don't see everything. So I don't know if they see black or not, but we were talking about how you would test if the dog can see color and it was this, we were getting it, you know, figuring out how you can do it. And it was so flipping complicated. Like if you could teach a dog, maybe it was to teach a dog to read or something. I don't know what it was. Um, and it started because I think it was sea lions were taught to go to the, basically their place that had their name on it for this show. This, I don't know, sea world show or whatever. And, uh, and so they were talking about that. And I know for the, the trick dog stuff, the dog shows, they might have their name on them or it might say, you know, stupid idiot, 
but they're taught, you know, um, Gypsy's taught, she's always to Zoe's right and to Aero's left, right? So they're always in this one position. So if she's here, this dog's here, this dog's here. So if we're at this other place and it's turned around, she's still between those two dogs to the right of one and to the left of the other, because that is where she goes no matter what. And it reminds me whenever I was in uh, school uh, up in Wisconsin, the church that we went to, we did musicals and they were for Easter time. So uh, I think around Thanksgiving-ish, um, we'd start with rehearsals. And so by the time Easter came, we were ready and we take the show on the road. Trust me, this, this relates to what I was just telling you. Um, but they were, like I said, church musicals. So um, like Godspell, He Lived a Good Life. It was super fun. I love doing it. But what we do is we wouldn't just do it where we practice, right? After a while there, we'd go to the, the sanctuary and we'd do it up, you know, at the front, you know, just practice. Nobody was there. Um, but whenever we would take it and go to visit some of the different churches and, and perform it for them, their setup wasn't our setup. So to say, you know, well, I'm right here because this light's right here or this vent's right here, but this is where I am doesn't help if everything's all turned around. So you had to know where you are in relation to the rest of the cast because, you know, if everything's turned around or what if the stage was like narrow and long, you know, you have to make some adjustments and improvements. So I think that's what happens with those scene lines. And now I just told you that I got to sing and dance in front of people and act because it's super fun. Um, Shira says she needs a stack of business cards because she ran out. Shira, come. If you can come this weekend, we're going to be at the um, Methodist Church in Gainesville, that Trinity one over by Possum Creek Park. If you and Rachel want to come, that would be awesome. Bring the boys, um, or boy and girl. And um, Rich will be there. He's going to have, I just bought like 1,500 business cards, so you don't have to take that many. But you can grab a, a chunk of them. And they're new. They're awesome. They're squares instead of rectangles. Um, so, yeah. So we have those. And you can pick some up because I'm going to send him a whole bunch. Um, and Deb says, I think it's his favorite shoe. I read that babies like black and reds and I'm happy that he listens. Right. So yeah, that's one of the things I like to work on with them is that retrieve, um, for the service dogs, especially, I mean, for any dog it helps, but for the service dogs, especially, which is one of the reasons why I like Golden's labs and poodles, it's because they're all retrieving breeds and it's much easier to do a dog like that than to do a dog who hates to have anything in his mouth. We've tried that. I hate making dogs do it. You know, it takes forever, but when we first started Arrow, we had to do a, a forced fetch. And we actually have video. If you go on our YouTube channel, we have a video, a how-to video with Beardless Rich showing how to do that. So if you want to see what Rich looks like without his beard, you can check there. Um, Shira asks, what time on Saturday? It is from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And like I said, it's called a special needs expo up at the um, Trinity Methodist Church. Um, <laughs> Jane says, bring a bunch. Yeah, I'm going to send him with all 1,500. And then some of the old ones too, just in case. Uh, they invited us last year, um, but it was, I think it was the same weekend as our service dog workshop, so we couldn't go. And then this year with the whole cancer scare thing, I didn't schedule a service dog workshop here at the ranch for January. And we're like slammed with dogs anyway, so it's a good thing I didn't. But uh, just in case I had to do a hysterectomy, you know, like an emergency type hysterectomy, I didn't want to have to cancel or, or do it while I'm like dying. So... We didn't do the, um, the service dog workshop so far yet this year. We might still schedule it. But if I'm seeing him the end of March, that means we'll probably do it in April or May. And then if, uh, so it gets to be, you know, time flies when you're trying to plan workshops. But yeah, yeah, he's going to be there. We have some uh, stuff to hand out. I want to stop at Sam's. 
hopefully this week um, beforehand so we can pick up some um, some candy and stuff for the kids. You know, you always get more people whenever you're giving away free food. Uh, we didn't get stickers or anything because they just get annoying. You know, like they sticker onto everything. And uh, Jackie says, Cheerio, it's nearly midnight here in the UK. Well, I am glad you joined us, Jackie. And I'm really glad that you're working with the puppers and getting the nail trims going easier. That's always awesome. And the dogs are actually really good. We worked them this morning. Everyone got work on e-collars. Uh, boarding dogs got walked really good. So they have been sleeping most of the day. I think they're exhausted because two weeks with the uh, contractors here and people walking around and then Rich and Autumn going around and, and cleaning the gutters yesterday and today. They're like, there's something going on. There's stuff flying down on the ground. You know, we're like, it's the, the leaves from the gutters. It's not a problem. But still, uh, they can get all worked up over that. So if you guys have any questions, contact us. Tonight's episode was on the stories that you tell and why you need to change them. And it is true for people. It is true for dogs. It is true for service dogs, pet dogs, behavior issues. Um, now you can't, like I said, you can't say like, well, he's not going to bite people. You know, you, you've still got to be proactive and you've still got to do the training. But, you know, you want to be positive. So a lot of times whenever you see somebody and they're walking towards you and you know your dog's going to be a jerk and you tighten up on that leash really tight and your dog's going to be like, dude, you tighten up on the leash. That means something happening and I see a new person and I'm going to get that person so you don't have to worry about it. You know, they do. They feed, they read up and down that leash and you don't want that to happen. So, uh, so it's best in that situation to just, it's all good. <laughs> you know, so that's what we want you to do. Okay. Change your narrative guys. And let me know, text me, tell me how it's going. Text me, message me, whatever. Um, let me know how it's going. When you change it, tell me what you're changing, what the issue is. If you're stuck and you're like, I'm perfect. There is no narrative that needs change. <laughs> you know, that's awesome too, but let me know. Okay. So I will see you guys. Saturday, if you're in Gainesville, there's a special needs expo at the uh, Trinity Methodist Church from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. I will see you Sunday at group class. If you've done boot camp or privates with us, group class is no cost. If you have not, group class is 25. Um, and then I will see you on Facebook land and Instagram. Okay, see you guys there. Bye-bye.